0: Skype? Skype? Skype?
1: <laughs> Good lord. We're a mess.
0: <laughs> Dude, you got a bunch of loony tunes on your hands.
1: Welcome to Things I Got Wrong, your general discussion podcast with a health- healthy dose of law, history, and concern about what's going on and what we've recently asserted as correct very confidently. I'm Rachel Miller.
0: <laughs> I'm Stuart Hopkins.
2: And I'm Ryan Bott
1: <laughs> Hi guys, welcome to our talk show today This is our very 44th episode Just kidding, we're actually going to do trivia today And in this episode, I will continue to assert things that are incorrect Very confidently, thinking that they're correct
2: <laughs> It's that today easy. Look, is, perfect If I can give you or, any guidance, just roll with it Assume everything you're doing is right and everything will fall into place
1: Oh, that's how I, I live life <laughs> 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 on that note, what? this is our round robin game. So we have four rounds of wonderful questions. Every round has a different theme, potentially different style based on whoever wrote it, and uh, that person will explain as we get there. We're going to start with Stu, then to me, and then to Ryan, as usual, and have our picks at the end. So Stu, whenever you're ready.
0: Thank you. Alrighty. Uh... So yeah, so I have a round, and the purpose of the round, uh, there's two ways to get points, or essentially there's two things you have to do to get two points. Uh, You have to buzz in, and you have to name... (laughs) Easy? Right, you just buzz in, that's all you gotta do. Um, Okay, so I have a round, uh, and in order to get the full amount of points, you have to buzz in and name the villain as well as the media that it's from, whether that be a book, a video game series or a movie. Um, mm. You're going, the hint is going to be a description of their primary goals, dash evil schemes in said <laughs> media. And you have to <laughs> tell me the, the villain, as well as the media that they're from. Nice. Uh, cool. So yeah, uh, buzz in whenever you're ready. And then I need both, both things, the villain, as well as the media that they're from um, in order to get the full two points. I will give you, you know 1 point if you can only get one of them. So when you say media, you
2: know like you said video game, you wouldn't just say it's a evil villain from a video game. It's
0: evil villain from the proper. Right. Right exactly. You'd say it's like Dr. Eggman from Sonic. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah.
2: I love that Sonic's become a cornerstone of the show.
0: I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen it yet, but I am really glad to hear that it's the best profit one already. Question number 1. Using alchemy, a woman dethrones a king. But is thwarted and turned into a kitten. Rachel. Into a kitten? Rachel.
1: Isma from Emperor's New Groove.
0: That's correct. Oh. <laughs> two points to Rachel.
1: That's one of my favorite movies.
0: <laughs> I love Emperor's New Groove. <laughs> All right, nice. two points to Rachel. Question number two. A jealous uncle kidnaps and attempts to murder his nephew in order to take over the family business.
2: This sounds like every Italian mob movie.
0: It, yeah, this one is, it, it is a little tough. Um, I'll give you that. It's probably one of the hardest ones of the round.
2: An uncle and his nephew. I, this is the part of this. I, I never pay that much attention to like the, who the characters actually are.
0: Yeah. A jealous uncle kidnaps and attempts to murder his nephew. I guess I should say his baby nephew in order to take over the family business. Wait. Um... Uh, no, it is not Harry Potter. A jealous uncle kidnaps and attempts to murder his baby nephew in order to take over the family business. Ryan, is this Casper? It's not Casper. No,
2: I think this is the plot of Casper. It might be. I mean, (laughs) I remember the three the three bad ghouls,
0: Stinky and whatever their names are, all the uncles of Casper. (laughs) I did look at Casper to be a potential contender for this, but (laughs) it's not (laughs) Casper. Fair enough. Uh, It is. Well, Rachel, do you have any guesses?
1: Um, I was thinking about, like, oh. Sword in the Stone.
0: Ryan.
2: Oh. Ryan? But, uh,
0: this is probably, this would be very metaphorical, but is it the Lion King? It is not the Lion King, no. Oh. But it's, it's close to the Lion King, though. It feels like it. Um, it's not Sword in the Stone. It is Hades from Hercules.
1: Oh! Oh! That's really good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, That's I mean, true, tell me,
0: tell me this, Is that in it, movies? Tell me that Lion King isn't that exact plot. I know. (laughs) I should have given you Lion King 2, because I mean, it pretty much is, but he doesn't kidnap. Takes over the family business. Right. (laughs) (laughs) No points on that round. And question number three. The ghost of a murdered man is hellbent on getting his jewelry back.
2: Ghost of a murdered man.
0: Or I guess the spirit. Rachel? (laughs) Rachel? yeah
1: is this Sauron from the Lord of the Rings
0: it is (laughs) Ah. I know he's not a ghost but I felt like that was the most accurate way to portray that
1: this is my favorite round we've done in trivia so far FYI (laughs) thank you it's
0: two points to Rachel question
2: family jewels
0: (laughs) question number four a woman who's jealous of a girl that's cuter than her decides to put her into a coma.
1: Rachel. <laughs> Jesus. Rachel. It's the queen from Snow White.
0: Uh, not quite, no. Oh. Ryan. Ryan. Sleeping Beauty? Uh, that's the movie.
2: Uh, Artemis? Ar- nope. <laughs> All right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I only got that because of Rachel too, so. That's true. Yeah, she ruled out Snow White, so.
1: Except Uh, I I totally forgot that she wasn't trying to put her in a coma, she was trying to kill her.
0: (laughs) I mean, she was, but she puts the curse on her, though, and then, yeah, I mean, the fairies prevent it from, whatever. I mean, it's close enough. If you did the remake, she just puts her into a coma. (laughs) Fair enough. Question number five. This dastardly trio tries to protect the world from devastation and unite all people within their nation by stealing animals from children. Ryan. Ryan. This is Team Rocket and Pokemon.
2: It is. <laughs> <laughs> I like protect the world or unite the nation.
0: That,
2: I wasn't sure. Sh- clued
0: me off. I was going to say, yeah, I'm pretty sure that anybody would like recognize that phrase, but I wasn't sure uh, entirely. And so I just kind of threw them both in there. Right. They also specify in the universe, too, that like people eat some Pokemon. Like fair enough. So, All I'm saying I is mean,
2: that their their digital healthcare is amazing. I don't think I realized until watching (laughs) Detective Pikachu that they, like, digitize and just their data is in the Pokeballs. Yeah. Like, that's cool. I I transferred a bunch of Pokemon back in the day, but that never really, like, dawned on me.
0: (laughs) Cool. Two points to Ryan for that. And the final question of the round, question number six. A self-titled king decides he wants a queen, and the only way to get one is to steal her directly from a blue-collar working man.
2: That's amazing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Wait, say, what was it again? Uh, a self-titled king decides he wants a queen, and the only way to get one is to steal her directly from a blue-collar working man. That's awesome. (laughs) Thanks.
1: Okay, guys, it's my turn. So, nobody else knows this, and I'm about to share a shameful secret with the world. (laughs) But, uh, Ryan and I have been ordering and eating every few days, um, not sharing size, not family size- but party size oh, peanut M M&M <laughs> and M uh, and for the record, I believe each one of those bags is three to four pounds.
2: They're not. They're not four pounds. They're like twenty this- ounces. No,
1: they are not Fa- twenty ounces. Family
2: size. Peanut I have.
1: <laughs> let me. Either
2: family. way, it is a. It is a lot of peanut M and Ms.
1: Thirty-eight ounce.
2: At least they're the peanut ones. Like there's yeah. there's something <laughs> there's in protein there. Protein in there, right? Right. <laughs> it's half healthy fats right so it's like it's two and a third ish pounds
1: it's still a lot of m&ms so suffice to say we've been having a lovely quarantine
0: (laughs) (laughs) hey man no judgment
1: so on that note i decided to um look up what some of the other popular desserts are around the world So what I'm going to do is I'm going to tell you either what's in the dessert, how it's prepared or something about like the ingredients, because I know all three of you like to cook. Yes. Mm. yes.
0: And then this I'm going to awesome. tell you
1: where it's from or where people think it's from, okay. because I'm not about to get the hash out because I know some of these are fought over with several countries. <laughs> um, and then do you're we- going to tell me what the dessert is. Okay. You guys ready for this? Question yeah. number one. This is a confection prepared by slowly heating sweetened milk to create a product that derives its taste from the caramelization. Brian, go ahead. Flan. That is correct.
2: That's what I was gonna say, and I talked myself out of it.
1: Okay, question number two. This is a meringue dessert with a crisp crust and a soft, light. Go ahead, Stu.
0: Macaroons.
1: (laughs) That is not correct. Um, I was so uh, excited. Okay. It is usually topped with fruit and whipped cream. This, ti- <sighs> this dish is usually credited with origins in Australia and New Zealand.
2: Whipped meringue?
1: It's a meringue dessert with a crisp crust and a soft light inside, usually topped with fruit and whipped cream. Ryan. Ryan, go ahead. I know
2: this isn't right, but I'm just going to say baked Alaska?
1: No. Baked Alaska no, requires being lit on fire and it has ice cream.
2: It has ice cream, yeah. So it's better. By lighting it on fire.
1: (laughs) How can we have fire and ice cream together? Okay, this is a Pavlova.
0: Okay. I've heard of that, but I don't think I've ever actually seen one. I heard the bell ring. It's very (laughs)
1: popular. It's (laughs) a (laughs) very. Maybe it does exist, maybe it doesn't. Who knows? (laughs) <laughs> if your meringue is all cracked, then you're doing something wrong. That's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. I should have carried it over
0: me. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I think the joke went the, over my head.
1: Yeah, I've missed it too. <laughs> you didn't hear like the one-liner that
0: you said it's like a, a Pavlonian or whatever, and then oh. Mario's was like, I heard the bell ring. Oh. So Pavlog's so dog. Happy. It just. I <laughs> heard crack up. Which is like my number three goal in life is just to yeah. make stew. You like I, I just wasn't expecting it at all, and it got me <laughs> so good. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt the show. You guys
1: are great. We're here to have a good time, <laughs> and oh we are God. having a good day. <laughs> <time. Yeah.
0: laughs> you finally snapped.
1: Okay, so no points on that question. But question number three is an oblong pastry made with shoe dough. Filled with cream (gasps) and topped with icing. Go ahead, Ryan. Eclair? That is correct. Fun fact, the name does change with the type of icing, but I don't know the other ones as well.
0: Oh, really? I was going to say, does it really? Yep. I did not know that.
1: Eclair requires it has a chocolate icing. It has a different name. It has caramel or a different kind, but those are all like very specific names, and I don't really know them, so I kind of... And they're all French, so I didn't want to make that unduly difficult. (laughs) Ryan, you get two points there. Thank you. Question number four. The tradition of this food dates back to ancient Rome, although the practice of frying food actually goes back much further. And other cultures have also adopted their own methods to make this food. This term can be applied to two varieties, depending on the type of pastry. In the United States, this particular pastry is generally associated with one southern city. Ryan. But despite how it sounds, because of its name, the earliest confirmed existence of this pastry comes from the Italian peninsula. Ryan.
2: Uh, beignet.
1: That is correct. What is that?
2: It is it's essentially like a, a, like a French puffy donut. And it's yeah, topped
1: it's really with hard powdered to sugar.
0: <laughs> ooh, and but it is uh, Italian. Delicious.
1: That sounds amazing. It is Italian. It goes back, and they believe it actually go, might even go back to ancient Greece.
2: Nice. You said ancient Greece, and I was just like, grapes? <laughs> grapes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> nice job, Ryan. Two points to you there. Question number five. This is a Japanese dumpling, and is, um, which is sweet and made from mochiko, which is rice flour It's mochi. <sighs> it is often served with green tea. Ryan, I did hear you first.
2: Uh, I was going to say
0: mochi. Yeah, I was going to say mochi, too.
1: Okay. <laughs> wow. Okay. It is related to mochi. It can sometimes look kind of like it, but it is not mochi. It's often served with green tea. And I guarantee those no. of you who watch Japanese shows have heard it. I don't have it. Okay. This is a dango. Oh. I, I don't know quite how, pronou- how to pronounce it correctly. but Yeah. Uh, it's dango. It's like um, mochi on a stick with like a sauce. Yeah. but Isn't it, um, like it's a, s-
0: isn't it a street food or yes, no? Yes,
1: it's a street food, a very popular okay. street food from my understanding. Yeah. If we have Japanese listeners that want to correct me, please do. Um, so no points there. And then for our last and um, from my point, my very American and uh, scrutinizing point of view, strain, the strangest one, this particular thing. Thing is, a sliced white bread with butter or margarine and covered with sprinkles, which is usually served for children in Stu? Australia and New Zealand. So, go ahead.
0: It, well, I mean, it, the name differs. Yeah. Is this like fairy toast?
1: I'll give you that. i The, the name I have is fairy bread. Oh, um, fairy bread. Okay. And I refuse to say whether what my sources say are Australia or New Zealand because it's my understanding that there's a Argument about where it's from, but yes, it is uh, just white bread what's, with what's, butter, uh, margarine, and sprinkles on it. It's the upside so down thing.
0: My, my kids <laughs> freaking love sprinkles, so they have sprinkles <laughs> on their oatmeal. Um, they also will have Eggo waffles with whipped cream on top and sprinkles. Like that's like a, a pretty good treat for them. Dash breakfast sometimes, <laughs> and there's even times that they will literally just like walk up get like a cup or like a little bowl and then ask me for just straight up sprinkles and just go eat them on the couch
2: (laughs) it sounds like a very stew
0: thing i mean (laughs) it's adorable we also have like eight different kinds of sprinkles because you never know what kind they're gonna want
1: (laughs) (laughs) nice job Stu. two points to you there Thanks. (laughs) Um, While I'm hosting the show, one of the um, responsibilities I refuse to take on is that of scorekeeping. So at halftime, Brian, where are our scores at?
2: Uh, I have the scores at Stu with two points with one foot out of the fort. One fairy toast holding foot out of the fort. (laughs) Uh, Rachel with four and myself with seven.
1: I, I had it prepared by an Australian for me, like the way that they do it, and it's still... It, it was it was really salty. That's what I remember. Like, what did it taste like? Very. I just remember it being really salty. M S. Like, like even like, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, <laughs> on top of like like even being like very spread out. Like I remember it just being extremely salty.
2: There it is. Well, I'll bring our favorite toast to the party to the potluck. Yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, I have a I have a round. Uh, this is a round I'm very excited about. It took me four ever to write mostly because i went on super deep dives on all of these um but this is a really cool round it is famous speeches
1: oh my god i love this uh,
2: i'm gonna give you a question with a little bit of a speech as well as some uh description of the person uh on all of these i just need the person
1: are these real speeches or like movies and stuff uh
2: they're all real
1: okay awesome
2: uh, and yeah, these this is a really fun round. A more serious than normal, but uh, really, really cool. So I'll give you the description. Uh, I think all of them, almost all of them include parts of the speech itself, and then a little bit of a descriptor. And like I said, I just need the the person. So question number one. Uh, also, these are all a little bit long. <laughs> I'm not talking novels, just a couple sentences. Question number one, the world will little note nor long remember what we say here, but it can never forget what they did here. Also, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop here and say all of these are long enough to basically give you the answer by the end. So this is probably more of a speed thing than not, but we'll see. The world will little note nor long remember what we say here, but it can never forget what they did here. Was said by what man during a time of great inflection, literally four score and seven years ago from when the Declaration of Independence was first adopted. 20 years, baby.
0: It's also the end (laughs) lyrics to uh, the song Believe by (laughs) Yellowcard. Really, yes. <laughs> Which is what <laughs> rang in my head for a second. <laughs> <laughs> it was
2: not the lead singer of Yellow Card, whatever his name is. <laughs> uh, yeah. Two points there. Uh, Gettysburg Address is is really short. It's only it's less, It's like two hundred and seventy something words. Oh, huh. really good. Uh, yeah. During a time of great inflection. Uh, question number two. So here I stand, one girl among many was said by what student now activist before the U.N. Uh, Here I stand, one girl among many, was said by what student now activist before the U.N. Youth Assembly in 2013 to protect children from militant brutality and to support education for girls across the world? This would be Malala Yousafzai. This is actually a, this was almost my pick. If I was gonna do a pick this game, was just this speech. It is it is very, very good. And like I was like tearing up, just reading it. It is it is really good. Uh, but that is Malala Yousafsai. Uh question number two. It is an ideal I hope to live for and to achieve, but if need be, it is an ideal in which I am prepared to die. Was said by what during what man's trial instead of testifying before serving 27 years of what would be a lifetime imprisonment. Rachel.
1: This is Nelson Mandela.
2: Yes, it is. Nice job. was said, during what man's trial, instead of testifying, before serving 27 years of what would be a lifetime imprisonment, only being released after the abolishment of apartheid? That would be Nelson Mandela. Uh, Two points to Rachel there. Question number four. This one may be the hardest one of the round. We'll see. If the first woman God ever made was strong enough to turn the world upside down all alone, then these women together ought to be able to turn it back and get it right side up again, it was the famous 1851 speech of Rachel? what woman... Rachel?
1: Susan B. Anthony?
2: Uh, not Susan B. Anthony. It was a famous 1851 speech of what woman fighting that one doesn't need to choose between the women's movement and the abolitionist movement? 1851. Any guesses? I have a
1: second guess, but I'll wait. Go ahead, Rach. Harriet Tubman?
2: Not Harriet Tubman. Uh, you're on the right track. It is, uh, the speech is, ain't I a woman? And is from Sojourn Truth. Oh. Sojourner Truth. fled or, you know, gained freedom out of slavery and became a, uh, women's activist as well, you know, as a one during the abolitionist movement. Um, Is a completely improvised speech and is actually really entertaining to read. Uh, A good one as well. Uh, No points there. Question number five. In what was considered a serious breach of diplomatic protocol, what world president arrived in Quebec during the 1967 Expo and World Fair and proclaimed in his speech, Vive la Quebec Libre, or translated, Live Long and Free Quebec?
1: Um, during a world fair? Oh, I know what it is. Oh.
2: What was considered a serious breach of diplomatic protocol at the time, what world president arrived in Quebec during the 1967 Expo and World Fair and proclaimed in his speech, Vive Quebec libre, or translated, Live long, the free Quebec.
1: How are you spelling, um, li- libre?
2: This is in French.
1: It is in French? Okay, this is, um, this is President... Um, um, Charles de Gaulle. I think. Yes,
2: it is. Okay. Sorry, I couldn't yeah. tell
1: if I couldn't tell if I was le- seeking Spanish or French. <laughs>
2: I'm sorry. As if anything that worse than my normal accents is my French accent, <laughs> but uh, I tried to do what I could. I, I listened for the correct pronunciation. Uh, this was entirely in French, with the 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 title of the um, of the speech being uh, "Vive la Quebec Libre."
1: For the Over. record, at this point in time, there was a lot of violence going on in, uh, in Quebec looking for um, independence.
2: So. Independence and against Canada's uh, much more... Um,
1: Anti-French. Word.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, put in, yeah. Uh, more kind of a utilitarian a little bit. But uh, yeah, this would be Charles de Gaulle, uh, obviously French-speaking world president. Uh, later, airport namesake. <laughs> 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 That's what I strive for in my life.
1: Airport namesake.
2: Uh, yep, nice job. That is uh, two points to Rachel there. How would you say Vive la Quebec le Québec libre? Yeah.
1: So it, 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 it basically means uh, long live free um, independent Quebec. That's really what the... Right. Say it so in French. Vive uh, vivre, uh, la Québec or Le Québec uh, vi- uh, Libre. It depends on how it was written. I don't yeah. quite know based I on your know. pronunciation. I
2: tried my best when it's normally things I got wrong in the French pronunciation. <laughs> <laughs> right. I try my best. I, I absolutely loved when we were in France. I tried my very best. Uh, <laughs> je voudrais un crepe, un Nutella, un casson, un deux cassons. <laughs> okay, so uh, you just play? said oh, I oh. would like
1: a, a crepe, a Nutella, a one, two croissant. <laughs>
2: no. <laughs> uh, That's all. Missy. Thank rest. you. I got this.
1: No, you don't, but you're doing your best. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I am doing my best. <laughs> all right two points to rachel on that one uh question number six last question of the game on the morning of bill clinton's inauguration in 1993 which poet who read her poem on the pulse of rachel, morning? maya angelou maya angelou is correct read her poem on the pulse of morning shared themes of hope courage and unity and became the first woman as well as the first african-american to read a poem at the presidential inauguration that'd be maya angelou Nice job. Which first started with uh, JFK, with Robert Frost, who apparently read a poem from memory because the one he had written on his paper in front of him was blinded by the snow and the sunlight where he couldn't read it in front of him. So he just read the other one he had memorized. (laughs) Interesting.
1: (laughs) Nice job.
2: Something I remember from high school quiz bowl stuff is... If it's ever American Poet, it's probably Frost. It's, so that is your yeah, cream of American Poet. Uh, also, On the Polls of the Morning is a good one as well to read. I spent a lot of time reading reading speeches and looking at all the insight about them. It was very, very good. But, uh, yeah, that's the end of my round.
1: And that is the end of the game. Ryan, where are our scores at?
2: All right, the final scores, if I have everything tallied up correctly, I have Do with two again holding (laughs) one fairy bread, myself with twelve, and Rachel with twenty-one points.
0: Whoa.
1: I wish we were live streaming this.
0: Because for
1: the record, this is like the first game that I've won in probably more than six months. Probably longer than that. There it is. Replacing all the sugar that in my Starbucks drinks with actual just straight sugar.
2: Right. (laughs) Gardetto's, canes, coffee—pretty much sums me up.
1: <laughs> well, nice job, everyone. This was a wonderful game. Yeah, um,
2: that was a lot of fun. Congrats, Rachel! Wonderful, you, wonderful. Yeah, wait a big is- time on those.
0: Right. <laughs>
1: you, you, you guys hit on uh, some of my uh, better, uh, some of my areas of strength, which are nature, nature, and history. <laughs> <laughs> Once you guys get into like what, what's going on with like video games and uh, sports or TV or anything, and I'm like, okay, well, I will just seek myself out. <laughs> <laughs> and this week, uh, we, as with every week, we have a few picks. These are games, these are movies, these are YouTube channels that um, that we like, that we're enjoying. We want to share with you. We want uh, our you our listeners to be able to uh, take uh, advantage and get to experience some of the great things we like, so uh, Stu, do you have a pick this week?
0: I do yeah <clears throat> so my pick is a youtube channel uh called Game makers toolkit it is uh it's a, a channel that talks about and breaks down essentially it's it's mostly video games um but it's kind of universal in what he talks about so it could be anything from how games handle and adapt to accessibility for people uh and the proper ways to do it and like what his studies have found and good examples of games and bad examples of games all the way down to you know potentially designing levels and you know enemy design or encounter design you know it and or story design it it really is breaking down the fundamentals of games and what makes games good uh in one way or another and it's presented in a beautiful format he's very good at what he does and it's insightful it's useful from you know a user experience perspective it's insightful from a game master or dungeon master's perspective or you know if you're a video game dev doesn't matter uh it's also just fascinating to me too uh the way he he presents all the information and such it's very insightful
1: that sounds really cool i know um ryan and i i say we play it through ryan plays it through and i watch um we've been playing through all of the uncharted and we've been really nice. enjoying the um, cuz a few years ago we played through uncharted 4 but now we're back he's got all of them now we've we're, we've worked it back up to 3 and um just seeing like the level design so all like all the imagination and the intricacy that goes into that is very interesting
0: yeah, yeah. it absolutely is and it's, i mean he's referenced uncharted a couple of times in in his level design and such
2: yeah, I was going to say it's you brought that up and I think I've said before that you know when we're playing through it like there are certain cues that you know to gravitate towards and that's not in every game and actually one of these videos is why Nathan Drake doesn't need a compass and it talks yeah. about these things are very very like this is a cool one I I've watched a handful of these they're very technical it's not just like the background of Mario it's like why what is level design and how does it move you through and you know i remember on this video specifically one of the rooftop levels of uncharted where you're running through the roof and nothing is telling you where to go but you know to go right and you know when it's time to jump across and you know when you're supposed to do something that almost doesn't make sense and it it really breaks down all that stuff like how enemies move towards you in a certain direction to like move you generally across and like uncharted is very is like well known for like everything you need to grab or jump onto is yellow or gold so it's like you know to do that but then there's also these little things like one board will not even like obviously like this is the ramp to jump off of but it's like a board will help guide you in a certain direction and how to do that instinctually to where it feels cinematic and uh one of these other ones i remember watching was uh how games get balanced and it's a whole yes. 15 minute video just about like the tweaks of like a meta within like fighting games and different stuff. Uh, these are, these are really, really
0: cool. Like very like deep dives into things. They're definitely deep dives. His, I think his latest one was a breakdown of a single encounter in doom and why it was so good in terms of like setting a certain pace and tone for the whole thing. And, and also remaining balanced. Um you're absolutely right when they're super technical but even just watching that video sparked several ideas for me on how I'm going to now run my new D&D encounters and such nice. like it you know I if you do anything that I don't know I guess just has user experience or you're like you're thinking of you know thinking of others as a dungeon master or a level designer or how somebody's going to interact with something i thoroughly encourage you to to watch his stuff um he's even made mention in some of his live streams or something that Literally, game companies will watch his videos to be better. Like, the office will have a meeting and they'll watch his videos and then That's talk cool. about it and implement some stuff that he talks about. Or if he talks about their game, then it's a huge celebration for them because that means that they, you know, they did something right normally.
1: If he listens to our podcast, I have a question for the creators of Uncharted. <laughs> a very important, pressing question now that I've seen all four games. Why is it that Nathan Drake can leap 30 plus <laughs> feet, but can't jump six inches in the air? Important the questions. Same- I know it's also because you have to stay contained in the area, but from the logic perspective, I need to know.
0: Yeah. It's the same reason Link can do side hops and, you know, right. side flips and backflips, but he can't just you know jump <laughs> it is kind
2: of amazing when it's on like a flat surface and the drake character looks like a platypus just like Ugh, <laughs> Ugh. but then it's like i should not be able to jump off of an entire chasm but that's where the the pipe is so i'm gonna go for it Phew! 40 feet
0: out like <laughs> nailed it right yeah.
1: well thank so, yeah. you We're so definitely to check that out
0: Thanks. Yeah, that's the Game Makers Toolkit, and it's a YouTube channel. Uh, Yeah, check it out, and let us know if you watch any of it, because it's very insightful.
1: Absolutely. Thank you guys for a wonderful episode, and I'll see you guys uh, back soon, as will everybody else, and have a great evening.
2: Goodbye.